Assalamualaikum warahmatullah and welcome to Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book, The Essentials of Tawheed, book three in the series uh, with uh, Buddha Sali Mani. My name is uh, Muhammad Fasih Peterson and joining me online, the author, Buddha Sali Mani. Buddha Sali, assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So, Bidasani, this evening we will be squarely looking at uh, the concept of Tawheed. So, uh, Bidasani, if we look at the concept that ultimately we understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Allah's sifa, uh, and that we should use the sifat as a way of uh, trying to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sifat, could we maybe just make a distinction between the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Um. The names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be a sifat and a sifat can also be considered as a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But um, there are two different things. The sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must all be present in the way that it is described and understood by us. Um, whereas the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are not known to us. Only 99 of the names are known to us, generally speaking. <clears throat> but some of the Oliya have managed to know uh, Ibn Arabi, for example, two, more than 2,000 names Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed for him. And those names, as one makes progress along the path of purification of the heart, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to understand and get to know more of his names. Now it's not required of us as believers to know all the names because Allah's perfection is such that we will never ever be able to know all the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we are required to know the 20 sifat that are wajib and the 20 sifat that's uh, impossible to be applied to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, all hearing, all seeing uh, can be both a sifat as well as a name, but all the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are not known to us, but all the sifat must be known. It's wajib for us to know that. So, Bidasali then, in saying that uh, we need to be familiar with the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're obviously not just talking about uh, memorizing the names, but definitely there must be some intensive uh, research and also a reflection that should take place. Yes, certainly. <laughs> Which brings us to um, the other thing that we should use to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to examine and look at the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, very broadly speaking, we can say creation can be considered as the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah is the only one that can bring things into existence. Allah is the creator of everything that we know about. Now. If we look at that and we start examining the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we look and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually tells us where we must look. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, look to the heavens and the earth and look within yourselves for the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if Allah instructs us to, to look at the heavens, it doesn't mean we must just sit back and take one look up into the sky. It means we must look into those objects out there in the universe and we must try and make effort to understand how our human bodies operate. What that then means is we must make effort to find out how the body functions. How does it all operate? What are the different influences of, of, of different things on the body and how does the body react? As well as when we look into the universe itself, the stars, the galaxies, those things operate along specific laws. We refer to these laws as the laws of nature or scientific laws. But what are those laws? Those laws are laws that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. The universe didn't come into existence and decided on its own laws. And we now go and study how certain things operate and we discover how it operates. That's not separate from understanding that these laws actually were created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in a sense, when we look at science, every, every, every category of science, then we are busy discovering how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually creates things. And what are the laws that Allah created to make things work in that way? Now, some of these laws are known to us. In our previous uh, book, we spoke about, for example, the, the forces of gravity. Gravity is a force that exists in the universe that the laws are determined of how objects relate to one another and the at attraction that exists between different objects in space and how all of these things are kept together in exactly those relationships following very, very strict laws and they don't go outside of that law. Where does it come from? If we look at magnetism, we spoke about magnetism, how light forces repel one another and we talk about uh, uh, opposite uh, poles uh, attracting one another. That force of magnetism is something that was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we discover these things, we are actually being given insight to how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually created this universe. And subhanallah, that is one of the most powerful ways for us to actually get closer to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because then we can see these things could never have happened on its own uh, by chance. It actually emerged as a result of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creating certain laws and they operate exactly according to those laws and we only discover it afterwards. We don't make these laws. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made those laws. The voice of uh, Widasad Imani, this is the program Tawheed and the Creation, and of course exploring the book Essentials of Tawheed, book three in the series, authored by Widasad Imani. Uh, when we come back after this break, inshallah, we will continue. <laughs>
Assalamualaikum warahmatullah and welcome back to Tawheed the Creation, exploring the book The Essentials of Tawheed, book three in the series, uh, authored by Bilisani Mani. And uh, of course, uh, we uh, before the break we expanded, and Bilisani mentioned that uh, the creation, in a sense, is actually an opportunity for us to be able to see uh, the, the, the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to then bring into, into view this question that many people uh, grapple with and some find very, very difficult to answer. The question of science and uh, sometimes, and I think in our community, there is this attitude sometimes, perhaps not so much in the younger generation, as in the perhaps the older generation, where people feel that science is incompatible uh, with the understanding of the world as Islam uh, views it. Uh, what is Bidasada's view on this? Um, unfortunately, not all our forefathers had that attitude, but many of the people from my generation and the generation before had an attitude of um that was christian education we shouldn't we shouldn't go too far into that because that will take us away from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now the moment you speak science unfortunately many people now even have some of the views that that information and that knowledge is separate from the knowledge of our deen and will take us further away from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in fact, it is exactly the opposite, Muhammad Fasih. All knowledge belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People who say that is not the knowledge of the deen and the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are they in fact saying there is a body of knowledge that exists out there that is not under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control? That's very dangerous. It's almost saying that there's a power out there that doesn't belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single thing in the entire creation belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's directly under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created that. So if we look at science, and science in fact, as it explores certain areas that is unknown to it, it discovers how those things work. And all they are doing is they are starting to understand how, how Allah actually created this world. Allah is the one who created all the forces out there. Allah is the one who created uh, uh, energy. If we look at energy, for example, energy scientists have discovered that no new energy can be added to the universe. Energy cannot be created. New energy cannot be created. And all the energy of the universe remains intact. It can never be destroyed. This is a law. It's the, what they refer to as the law of thermodynamics. The law of thermodynamics states that. That's a law. Can we say that that is information or knowledge that is that doesn't belong to our deen or doesn't belong to us actually uh, uh, understanding really and truly what Allah's sifat is of being all-knowing. 
that knowledge had to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is one of the ways Allah has pointed to us. Look to the heavens and the earth and find out what is going out there so that you can truly marvel how great your Lord is. So my view, uh, Muhammad Fasih, and I think it's the view of many, many of the scholars, um, if you go into it, you will find out that many of the scholars place a very, very, very high uh, value on seeking knowledge and the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by examining um, uh, what science actually says, especially the proven things. The theories are something else. Theories that are not proven, that's something else. But scientific facts and laws that's been established um, forms the very foundation of our search for knowledge to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Bilisani, uh, just in lingering here for a moment on that question, because I think it's a very important one to ask. The the idea that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling to us to look into the heavens, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling upon us to investigate, then certainly, to a certain degree, isn't that the role that a scientist plays to investigate the world? We're not saying that uh, Islam is instructing, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is instructing all of us to become scientists, but to have that inquisitive mind to be able to see the miracles. If somebody creates a car, <laughs> we use a worldly example, Muhammad Fasih. The car looks like any other car, but you know nothing about the car. You don't know how fast it can go. You don't know anything about its uh, specifications. Can you judge the car? You just see your car. You know nothing about it. What, how do you engage with that new car that's been built? But when you find out it can do things that other cars can't do, it's now not working, for example, on petrol or diesel. There's a new uh, way that the car's been powered. Um, it, it, it can uh, operate uh, without you touching anything. It can operate by voice and take you from point A to point B, or things like that. Then you start marveling at the person who actually created that car. Now, in a sense, that gives us an example of how we use, even in our everyday life, we use the example of knowledge to admire and marvel at things that are around us. Now, how much more so should we not? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our owner, our creator, our sustainer. He, the Almighty, has instructed us to do it. If we don't do it, if you are compelled to do something and you don't do it, then you are actually sinning. And we, as you say, quite rightly so, but does it mean we must all become scientists? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just expects every single person to use their aqal, to use their mind, their logic, to go as far as they can to find out more about how things operate around us so that we can marvel at who the creator and the maker of all of those things are. So I, I, my, my view is science is a very powerful way, especially in the modern era where the younger people are having questions, uh, 
that doesn't stop at anything. It's a powerful way of attracting the youth and the people who have inquiring minds. We can't just sit and accept things blindly. We must go right up until the edges of where our minds allow us to do without necessarily becoming scientists. The voice of Budasadi Mani. This is the program Tawheed and the Creation. Uh, this evening, we are reflecting on the book Essentials of Tawheed, book three in the series. When we come back after this break, inshallah, we will continue. Stay tuned. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Essentials of Tawheed, book three in the series with Abul Salimani, the author. And uh, tonight we are reflecting on Tawheed uh, in one aspect, and that is obviously the idea of how we can look at the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and through those names improve our Tawheed, inshallah. Before the break, we spoke about science and the fact that science is not incompatible with Islam, but in actual fact uh, that scientific study is actually supported and encouraged uh, in Islam as a way for us to build our Tawheed, to build our Iman uh, through marveling at that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. Now, but certainly, I think the big question, and this is something that scientists have been doing for many years, and that is trying to prove the existence of God. Can we prove the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala scientifically? This universe, and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this universe, um, is the very proof of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence that can be used scientifically. <clears throat> now, I don't know if time is going to allow it, but I'm going to have to run very quickly through this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the Qur'an. Now, if we look at, the Qur'an came down more than 1400 years ago and speaks about, do they not, in, 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 in verse 2136, open quote, Allah says in the Qur'an, do they not realize that everything was united, then we split them asunder. Now, that ties indirectly that there was a single point from which everything in the material world came. And Allah speaks about that. Scientists now have discovered, and maybe we'll mention some of this later on, we've covered in the previous book, but it's worthwhile mentioning again <clears throat> that scientists believe everything came from what they refer to as a singularity. In fact, scientists agree with what the Quran says, that everything came from a single point. They can't explain how, but their research, everything they have done, they've traced back from where we are now, right back to the point of the beginning of the universe, which is 13.8 billion years ago, they say, um, it started from a single point. <clears throat> now, that's the first ayah in the Quran. There's a second ayah in the Quran that speaks about um, 
verse 51-47, open quote, Do they not know that we are indeed expanding the heavens with skillful hands? Now, one won't immediately make the connection between this one and the first one. But the expansion of the universe was only discovered in 1929 by the astronomer Edwin Hubble. And people may have heard there was some article recently uh, in the international news about Edwin Hubble. He's a person that created a special type of telescope that could measure distances of very, very, very far away objects in space. What he did, he measured the distance with a special telescope of um, certain stars that were light years away from the planet Earth. And some time later, he went back and quite by accident, he found out that that very distance that he had measured from a particular star had actually increased. He then took his study to look at other objects in the universe to see was that a freak accident or an unusual occurrence. He actually established beyond doubt and it became something that no single person from the scientific community can argue or debate about that the universe is in fact expanding. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this expansion of the universe when people were still thinking that the sun revolves around the earth and that uh, the earth is flat. This was the time when the Quran came down. The, the human race had that kind of understanding about the, 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 the planet Earth. So for the Quran to speak about something like that 1400 years ago, when there wasn't an inkling of this kind of knowledge available, really confirms the truth of what the Quran says, and it confirms of how the actual universe was actually formed. I know our time is going to run out, so I don't want to go much more. But for me, when I read these two uh, uh, verses and put it together, then I said, Subhanallah, there is no other proof that I personally require. This is my proof that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala truly exists as the one who is not just created this universe, but has actually told us long, 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 long before that kind of knowledge was ever available, Allah actually told us that this is the way the universe was created. So for me, if one is looking for scientific proof, then scientific proof is there. SubhanAllah. And just so, sorry, the, the, the last point about the expansion of the universe you can just look at this point, uh, Muhammad Fasih. <clears throat> if something is expanding, expanding, expanding all the time, the reverse of that expansion is contraction. And as it contracts, 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 it gets to a single point. And that is why 
the scientists have come to the conclusion that um, everything came from a single point right at the beginning of the creation of the universe. Subhanallah. Now, Muhammad Fasih, uh, in the next um, uh, session, we will deal with the actual sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that, we are going to try and use things around us to demonstrate and to assist us to understand the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better. So, uh, shukran to you also for the opportunity for, for, for allowing me and inviting me to, to do this program. And I hope, inshallah, that we will all benefit at the end of this day, uh, at the end of this program. And I must say to you, Muhammad Fasih, every time I participate in these sessions that we have, I come back feeling that I have managed to progress a little bit, even though it might sound that I, I know some of these things, but I learn as we go along. And inshallah, may we all progress uh, through this process Amen. get a lot closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amen. Amin. Shukran so much, Padasani, and all the best uh, for the rest of the evening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And from myself, Muhammad Fasih, peace until I speak again, inshallah. Abadi wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. If you'd like to get a copy of uh, the book, The Essentials of Tawheed, in PDF format, which is book three in the series, or The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, you can visit www.salimani.co.za. I'll speak to you again, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا